This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, the big news this weekend, Jaden Daniels out of LSU, winning the Heisman uh, in second place, a close second, Michael Penix Jr. In third place, Bo Nix. Marvin Harrison Jr. came in fourth. And looking at the breakdown, I was actually just looking at this again. In no zone did he come in higher than fourth. Even in the Midwest, he had 106 votes. and. Bo Nix outpaced him by 13 votes. So not to be a bit of a B about this, but what was the point of having Marvin Harrison Jr. there when, quite frankly, he was a distant fourth here, and this thing really came down to Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix Jr. Like, was Marvin only invited because it's a TV show and we want to spend 88 minutes talking about people before the two minutes that we actually award them the Heisman? Just, just asking that out loud to a friend. It definitely felt that way. I mean, they had an opportunity basically to get an NFL Hall of Famer on, on screen, right? Oh, hey, let's sit down with uh, you and your dad and your brother and talk about how your dad inspired you and coached you and turned you into the receiver that you are today. Like, that that, that was must-see TV for them, 100%. It, it's it's fascinating. Um, not I, Listen, I think he deserved to be there. Uh, to me – I think that the results of the voting just kind of spoke to the fact that it is really hard to win that award if you're not a quarterback. And it's the same thing we see in the NFL with the MVP, right? I think at th- I think at this point, the NFL is kind of established, well, offensive player of the year will go to whatever skill position has a great year. And the MVP is just always going to be a quarterback award. and There's nothing you can do about it. And that kind of feels like what it's, what it became um, with the Heisman most in most cases, I mean, Smith was the first wide receiver since the 90s to to win the award. So it's like, I I think that's just kind of what it is. But I think it's interesting, though, Nick, because we've talked a lot about if the Michigan game goes differently, what does that mean for Marvin Harrison Jr.? And I I stand by what I've been saying. I feel like if they win that game, and especially if he scores 
if he scores the game winning touchdown for sure, but even if they win that game, he makes a big maybe catch on that drive, like the ball that was going his way that was intercepted, obviously, that to, to end it. If something like that happens, how do you not give it to him? Because we we talked about it last week. Like every single candidate you could poke holes in. Jaden Daniels, yeah, he had all the stats, but he also had three losses at, at, at LSU and his team wasn't very good. Like, was he really lifting them to that next level? Um, with uh, with Penix, I think, was maybe the most well-rounded one because you had at least something you could look at and say, like, well, that's his Heisman moment. He's got some of the stats as well. But his can numbers – Can I just say ahead. that? Beating the best team in your own conference, beating every team in your conference in a tough Pac-12, yeah. that doesn't matter as much as putting up video game stats on a three-loss team. In, in the, well, it, it's the SEC thing again, right? Like, oh, he did that in the SEC? Holy shit, we got to give this guy the Heisman. Like, that's but if you want to, if you want to start where the Heisman is, the overwhelming amount of votes that Jaden Daniels got in every zone, like even Bo Nix didn't outpace Jaden Daniels in the Pac-12. They hate themselves in that territory. I'm talking about in the in yeah. the, the West voting. So if we want if we want to start fixing the Heisman, let's start there. Because the group think on Jaden Daniels. Now I'm getting pissy, all right, because I am officially down three cocktails. I'm getting a little pissy about this. Jaden Daniels is a really great college football player. Don't get me wrong. But if Bo Nix was still in the SEC, he would have split enough votes and Michael Penix Jr. would have won. And it's just like to be a Pac-12 player or to be from that part of the country where nobody watches you, you pretty yeah. much have to go undefeated, you have to pass for 7,000 yards, you have to nail the Playboy Playmate of the Year, you have like you have to date Taylor Swift. Like you have to like the idea or of- or in the case of like Reggie Bush, you have to be like maybe the most trend uh transcendent college football player of all time. Because that's what yeah, Reggie it- Bush was. People stayed up till till you know 2 a.m. to watch Reggie Bush play Fresno State, which I remember that game vividly watching in my parents' basement like that game against Fresno State where he just had like five touchdowns and he was just going bonkers. It was like, this guy's amazing. Like, that's what it takes, basically. And, and say, then, you can make the same the case with like Christian McCaffrey, who I think, by the way, I thought Christian McCaffrey should have won, won the Heisman that year that he he didn't, but that was just me. But even then, Spence, like Reggie Bush was a number one uh, recruit out of high school. He yeah, was true. high profile. It was L.A., like Michael Penix Jr. was an okay recruit that has started at Indiana that nobody watched. And then he went to Washington where all he did was win and it wasn't enough. And, you know, getting back to the Marvin thing, like I, I'll be honest, I think if you had told Marvin, hey, you're going to be a distant fourth, I don't know Marvin would have gone. I, I don't know Marvin should have gone. I think in, he would have. I just the, think, I just think that's not it. I think his mentality is he would have, he would have showed up. If, if he had known for a fact he was going to be fourth. I don't know. And his because I think you're kind of attributing to his character and what a good yeah, kid he yeah. is. But like I think he would have seen he was just a pawn. Now you pointed out to the butterfly effect here, which I think is interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna draw out the details here. And I because I'm curious. If it's the exact same stat line, 118 yards, one touchdown, and Kyle McCord leads the team down the field at the end there, and somebody else scores. So Marvin doesn't have another catch. But Ohio State outlasts Michigan. Is Marvin a Heisman winner? I think so because that would have been he would have been a contribute a key contributor in that game, which was then his Heisman moment. And 
then you also have to add in, like if we're doing the butterfly effect here, the butterfly effect of winning that game is that he then goes and plays in the Big Ten championship game where I'm assuming he would have put up some really good numbers again or, you know, I don't, I don't know, added another touchdown or something. I know that Iowa defense is stingy as hell. Um, that's about all they're good for. Um, but, yeah, like I, I'm, gonna, I'm imagining that he also adds more to his resume on top of that. So then I think, yes, he has a better case um, to being – at least up there to to have a shot at it um, because of all that. Like, like, listen, you can't tell me if you watch college football consistently, you can't tell me that that, that, that guy, Marvin Harrison Jr. Wasn't. I, listen, he's on a stage with a lot of other really good players, but you can't tell me that he wasn't top two in terms of like the best players in college football this year. And I think that's, that, that certainly speaks to where he's going to likely be picked in the NFL draft assuming he's going to actually go pro, which we, we both think he, he's, there's no way he's coming back. Like it, the talent is undeniable. Like that guy is insanely talented at, to a point where like, you can, you can solely look at the Ohio state season and say, where are they without him? Where was like all the people who are pointing to Kyle McCord's numbers and saying, Oh, well, how are they going to let this guy go? Where would his numbers be without Marvin Harrison jr? I, I, I can't like, I can't wrap my head around what this team would have been like without him. So if the Heisman's supposed to sort of be in that ilk of an MVP award, I do wonder, you know, how, how much that 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 gets considered for a, a player that's maybe not a quarterback when that player still had a an immense impact on how that team season played out. Like his impact is undeniable. So I think next year, I think we need to do a preseason watch list. Okay, and we need to come up with our own Heisman. We need to come up with. We have to come up with some name for it, and then we need to. We have a preseason watch list, and then starting with like week three or week four, once you get a, you know two, three, four games under your belt, every week it's like the college football playoff rankings. Every week we release our top five. I like and we that. We release our ballot, and we'll let the fans be thirty-three percent of the votes, right? And I don't really know how we'll do that, but we'll do it. Like <laughs> we'll we'll effing do it. Twitter so, polls. And at the end of the season, we declare the rightful best player in college football because Michael Penix Jr. got robbed. Marvin, to some degree, got robbed. I think Bo Nix is overrated. Great, really, really great college football player. He's not the same level. He's not the same level of Michael Penix Jr., who is just an otherworldly, has the it factor. Bo Nix lived up to his recruitment. That's the best thing. I Really good player. Great player. Like Michael Penix Jr. has had an all-time season, and and then Jaden Daniels would have been so I would have gone Michael Penix Jr., Marvin, and then Jaden. But that's this year. Next year yeah. we're going to do it all over again. Now you mentioned I, I mentioned the Marvin Harrison Jr. butterfly effect. I also think it's fair to do the same thing with Kyle McCord. And ask yourself if Kyle McCord, and obviously he'd still be the quarterback right now because he would have beaten Michigan. But if he if he drives down the field and beats Michigan, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, I love this, I love this conversation. Is he is he the starting quarterback for Ohio State in twenty twenty four? Yeah, I think he I think he is. That's what's that's what's so crazy about both yes college football, but just football in general. It's like one or two things here or there, one or two moments, one or two plays. I mean, we 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 do the same thing with the looking back at the Georgia playoff game last year, if Marvin Harrison jr. Doesn't get knocked out of that game with a head injury and 
let's face it, Ohio State was really banging the, their own drum about this idea that like I didn't know where we're going with that. <laughs> Ohio State was banging. <laughs> Ohio State was banging their own drum about how hey we take protecting players and you know player safety, especially with head injuries, more seriously than other teams do. And when uh, when you hear the stories about how uh, Rotomaker from Florida State got got a head injury, the the game he got injured in against Florida, and then he went back into the game, and then you find out that he couldn't play in the ACC championship game because he had a head injury. I think it's pretty telling that they were like, ah, yeah, he's okay. Just the old fashioned rub some dirt on it, get back out there type mentality. And it's the same sort of thing. Like we, we were doing that with, 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 with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. from last year. So I, I think it's a fascinating question to wonder where Kyle McCord is if he wins that game. I'd be hard pressed to think that they, they move on from him if they win that game. Because, I mean, Nick, how much stock are, think about how much stock fans are putting in just that game alone. I mean, that game is the difference between for people between Brian Day should be the head coach still here today as we're sitting and talking about this, or he should be fired. Like for a lot of people, he should be fired because he lost that game alone. But it's funny if he goes down the field and wins that game, and if Kyle McCord delivers that moment and they and they get off the field with a victory, people are like, okay, Ryan Day can stay. Like that one moment decides your entire the entire perspective that people have on Ryan Day, the entire perspective people have on Kyle McCord, the entire pe- perspective people have on Marvin Harrison Jr.'s the Heisman candidacy. It's so fascinating, and I would be hard pressed to think that they would move on from Kyle McCord because I-, I think from their perspective, Ryan Day would basically just be able to say, "I was right. I- I'm a quarterback guru. I'm-, I'm a quarterback whisperer. Look what I got out of Kyle McCord. You guys kept telling me he wasn't good. You said in, in training camp in the preseason." This quarterback competition between him and Devin Brown, it wasn't like both of them stunk and we were we had our hands tied and I still went out and beat Michigan with this team. Now we're on our way to the college football playoff with this guy under center. Like I did everything that I needed to do. So I, I think it does completely flip if he wins this game. Yes, I don't think he's going anywhere. So I want to go um, through this one by one. One, I don't think Ryan Day beating Michigan would have completely absolved him from the scorn of Buckeye fans. I think the only thing that will ever rightfully do that is the year that he beats Michigan and wins a national title until he does both things. And if it's a year that he wins, so even if he beat Michigan next year, lost out in the playoffs. I mean, Nick, we got fans telling us that that game matters more than anything. Like we, yep. like you, you even threw out the question. I remember on your show on ninety two through the fan, you asked people, "Would you rather beat Michigan or win a national championship?" And you had callers, full phone lines, lining up to tell you, "I'd rather beat Michigan and win a national championship," which but, I think is asinine. But I, I think the thing that most of this year proved to me is that when you're in the situation that Ryan is, it's always going to be a moving goalpost until you have done both things. And, you know, Urban, what was it, year two, year year two, year three, won the national title and beat Michigan's ass the entirety of the time he was there. And I think if you move the national title back a couple of years, I think I think fans four years in, five years in would have been saying, well, okay, he's beating Michigan, but so was Tress. What's he doing in the national stage? So I I, I think fans move the goalposts all the time. Mm. I think media does it as well. Now, to the Marvin thing, if the only difference if the performance was good enough, it's just the end result of the game, then those voters are dumber than I think they are. And then getting the third thing, <laughs> if the answer 
is yes. That if Kyle McCord wins this game, no matter what happens in the college football playoffs, he's back as your starting quarterback next year, unchallenged. It's his job. And then he's off to the NFL and it's Aaron Nolan's job. If that is true, then we need to realize, and we pro- it, it, that's 100% how Ryan Day would think about it. Then we need to realize that Kyle McCord was probably the fall guy for Ryan Day losing to Michigan for the third straight year. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm just uh, and maybe that's the design of this. Maybe that was always the conceit of this year is, well, Marvin was going to go off to the NFL anyways. And if he's not good enough, we'll just use him as the fall guy. And that'll buy me some time. But it, I, if, if the answer is it's one drive. And that one drive, not the fact the kid was a one read pony, not the fact that the guy was nervous <laughs> as hell behind in the offense, sorry, behind the uh, offensive line. The fact that he honestly was inconsistent as hell with his ball placement. He has an okay arm, not a great arm. If it's all, if it's, if it's none of the, it, he's immobile. If it wasn't those five things and it was just one drive, then this program's probably in deeper shit than we realize. Because one drive, and I get it, it's a huge drive, and he threw the interception. But if it's one drive that that differentiates him being here and him not being here, to me, that is the definition of insanity. Just putting way too much stock. Because honestly, that one drive would absolve him in the eyes of a lot of Ohio State fans for the, the crappy play earlier in the game. It shouldn't. He played really poorly. Like, yeah, he was not crisp. He did not make good decisions. He started the game with the biggest uh, interception that obviously put Michigan right there to on, on the doorstep to score their first points. He started you at a deficit, and that completely changed everything about that game. So the idea one throw or one drive could outdo that. He Beating Michigan wouldn't have proved that he was any more likely or ready to be in that game because he still played like crap for four for three and a half quarters i i just go back to the point i made on i i think if he beats michigan with Kyle McCord, i think the narrative can be more about how ryan day everyone everyone says like ryan day is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer i think that's what it becomes i think it becomes like look what he got out of Kyle McCord, like all those limitations it almost becomes like a, a ryan day love fest instead it's like oh ryan day did this he, he led Kyle McCord to this place that he hasn't been to, and he got it done with that quarterback. This guy's a genius. And so I, I think because he would have won that game, he buys himself more time with the fan base where he can then bring Kyle McCord back the next year. And if it doesn't go great that year, then he then then he, then he he can use him as a, as, a, as a fall guy anyway again. And then he's got Aaron Nolan ready to go. So, um, But, again, I, I, I continue to go back to the fact that I don't think it was designed that way. We all know Quinn Ewers was supposed to be here. I also think too, Nick, like I think that's true for not just Ohio State, not just for college football, but all levels of football. Sometimes it does come down to one or two plays. I mean, I've seen coaches at Mac programs get fired because they lose a game that if they converted a two-point conversion, they wouldn't have been getting fired the next day, but they're fired the next day because they lost a game by a point. Like I I I I'm to an example from this week, all the heat in the NFL that uh, Sean McDermott's dealing with, with the article that Ty Dunn put out this week. Um, And he goes out and he doesn't technically beat the chiefs because the chiefs scored a touchdown that would have put them ahead of the bills. But because Kadarius Tony's a moron, 
he wins that game. And now all of a sudden everyone to the victor goes to spoils. Everyone's like, oh, Sean McDermott. Oh, they counted him out all week. And he rallied the troops. Look at him go. That's my coach. Like the narrative completely changes. Like I do think that one or two moments sometimes do define how we, how we view a, a player or a coach or whatever. And I think that would have been the case in this situation. And maybe I'm, I'm leaning too much into like the fan perspective of it, of it all. And that's not how internally it would have been viewed. But I just think Ryan Day would have held tightly onto this idea that Kyle McCord had limitations and look what he did with him and that that would have been his calling card to bring him back for next season. I really do. Yeah, and the moving goalpost to be until he loses to the Cowboys this week. All right, guys, <laughs> we've got a little bit longer to go here, but you guys can get at the show at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore. Make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, so on and so forth. But when we come back, we will have to get into the importance of the Cotton Bowl. Our first look at uh, Ohio State's final game of the 2023 season. That's coming up next, but first a word for, of our sponsors. 